This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. From the launch your online shop stage, all the way to the we just hit a million orders stage. No matter what stage you're in, Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash special offer, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash special offer. What does the Eastern Conference playoff bracket look like? Can the Cavaliers make it back to the finals? Can the Celtics or the Warriors make a serious run? The only question left is, say it with me, you win. Hey sports fans, Coach Nick here and welcome to the B-Ball Breakdown Podcast. We are doing a special edition this week with Dave Dufour again coming on the show to talk about the Eastern Conference. After our Western Conference preview went over so well on Monday, we wanted to come back and do it for the East. So Dave, uh, come, coming into us from a van in Seattle. Yeah, I am. I'm, I'm camping out in my in my van again. And uh, the weather sucks here. I don't know how anybody lives here. I don't know either. My sister lives there, but I don't know how she does it because it's got to be rough. So, yeah, all right, let's get, let's jump right into this playoff uh, uh, scenario in the East. Um, the game's just finished, like, what, five minutes ago when we're recording. Mm-hmm. And um, finally we know what's happening in the East. Celtics secured the number one seed, winning tonight. Um, of course, they could have gotten it anyway because the Cavs lost, um, you know. They, they tanked it. Yeah, they tanked it. So they, they, were, gonna, they were taking it to the two-seed home no matter what. Um, Raptors, three. Wizards, four. Atlanta Hawks, five. Bucks at six. Pacers at seven. And Bulls sneaking in uh, accidentally into the eighth seed. Yeah, so it, it really crazy because the Heat did play so well for so long over that after that terrible start, and yet they still couldn't get in that winning column, forty-two wins, and make it to the playoffs. It's crazy. Well, it just goes to show that games in November count as much as games in March, and you know, like this whole thing where you where you think you can just make these games up. You know, like you you can't just start as cold as they did. Uh, but tip of the hat to to the whole team and to Spolstra. They really did a fantastic job, and I got to think that this summer, you know, when they're talking to free agents, they're gonna. This is gonna be a huge calling card for them. Oh yeah, for sure. I mean, like to show that they can change that culture and regain some of that winning after losing uh, their players, uh, the big name players, is uh, is important for sure. Because obviously, Miami does recruit itself either way. That's right. I mean, you know, I'd much rather be in South Beach right now. <laughs> That's right. South Beach is always a nice place to go. So uh, we'll have to kind of see. Well, let's look at the first matchup here. We'll go one through eight. So the Celtics versus the Bulls. Um, you know, they're, they're not unfamiliar with each other in the playoffs to some degree. And uh, what do we think here? I mean, you know, the Celtics finished off the year on a very strong note, winning seven in the last ten. Um, and they, they looked pretty good kind of to close out the game tonight. Uh, so what are we thinking about them versus the Bulls? Well, so they split the season series. Uh, they actually alternated wins. Um, and most of the games, except for the, the most recent one, were, were pretty close. Uh, the most recent one being a 20-point blowout on the 12th of March for the Celtics. Um, I feel like the Celtics, are, are, I think they're going to sweep. I mean, they probably win this in five. You know, like five is the easy thing to say because a sweep is hard. Four games in a row, 
against a professional team is difficult to do. Um, so my guess would be this this series goes five and the Celtics wrap it up. I mean, home field, you know, home court advantage for the Celtics is pretty huge. For sure. Uh, and that'll really make a difference. You know, Wade came back, uh, shockingly, uh, for the last game or two. And, um, you know, I just want to look at his off-on numbers to see, like, what his effect was. And I have a feeling if you look at the other guys, too, there's going to be an interesting dichotomy. But clearly, when he's on the court, they're actually a negative 2.9 net rating. Uh, and when he's on the bench, they're plus 1.7. A lot of noise in there, but there's something going on. I think it's telling us that um, they were probably playing best when he was injured and, and out. And they were solidifying Rondo and Butler together with the other role players and figuring out how that would work. Yeah, I mean, uh, you know, this was in the in the preseason after this the Rondo and D Wade signing. I just didn't see how you had enough. You know, there aren't enough basketballs to pass around for those those three main guys that they've got there. Um, so I assumed that they would be okay with one of them out, and and they were. I, I mean, Rondo kind of stepped up a little bit here late in the season. Uh, was doing some Rondo things, and Jimmy Butler has been. Damn good all year. So, um, yeah, I mean, again, they're lucky to make the playoffs uh, unless you really wanted them to miss the playoffs, in which case they're unlucky to make the playoffs. Right. Exactly. A good, a good way to put it. And, uh, and Butler has been great. You know, his net rating on is plus 2.6. And, you know, the overall team is negative 0.4. So, um, you know, anybody in the positive side is, is doing well for that team. And so uh, I don't know. I mean, Butler could go off. I guess that's the one game they get maybe. Uh, Wade, could he go off? Like that just seems a little bit less likely because he's just coming off of an injury uh, and he's probably not going to be in the swing of things real easily and they'll be on the road. So, uh, yeah, I, I would say, you know, five games seems relatively reasonable. Does it save Hoiberg's job? Yeah, I don't know. I mean, you and I have been kind of – you know, blowing this horn for a while now. I mean, probably like the, I, I'm pretty sure the very first edition of our of our joint podcast, we said that Hoiberg was on his way out, <laughs> and somehow he managed to to, to stick with it. So uh, I'm done prognosticating whether or not he's keeping his job or not. Um, who knows what what the Bulls are going to do? Yeah, I mean, I, I do think that he would he would have been gone if they didn't make the playoffs again. Like that seems like that scenario. He could never come, but you know he, he they made it, and we'll see. You know, by the way, if they win the first round somehow, and then he's keeping his job, so we'll have to keep our eye on that one. But let's move on to the second uh, seed here, second versus seventh. Why not Cavaliers versus Pacers? Um, is this intriguing at all to you? No, uh, the Cavs won three out of four this year, and you know I I just I don't know. I, I think this is going to be a sweep. I don't even think it's going to go five. Um, I, I'm pretty sure we're going to see full-fledged LeBron, like, locked-in craziness. And, um, you know, I expect him to average triple-double for the series if the games are close. But I don't think they're going to be close. I, I think that this is going to be over pretty pretty quickly. Uh, that sounds reasonable to me, especially because they're going to realize that in the next round, they're going to they're gonna need their rest. They're going to want to be able to get it over as quickly as possible. And, um, again... Can LeBron summon whatever they did not summon during the regular season on the defensive end? I was thinking about this the other day because, you know, uh, offensive rebounding was killing them and transition was killing them. And those are two things where if you do increase your effort, you can shore that up in you know meaningful ways. Uh, would you agree with that? Yeah, certainly. 
So, but, but rotate. But their rotations, even in the half court defense, their rotations are just either non-existent or really, really sloppy. And so it's hard to tell how much of that is effort and how much of that is just, you know, poor execution. It's hard for me to believe that any of these guys, you know, just don't care enough to try their hardest. I mean, I, I get there is definitely something to coasting, um, but I, I just think that a lot of their problems are, are more than just coasting. Yeah. Now, that said, we did have a really thrilling game between these two teams recently. And LeBron James was having a hard time kind of, you know, handling Paul George around pin downs. And it sparked, uh, you know, a big confrontation between him and Tristan Thompson, which, you know, in my conspiracy theory led to Tristan Thompson sort of suddenly getting an injury and didn't play for a couple games. Um, I don't know. Thompson, is he back? Yeah, he's back. Uh, He'll be back for for this game. That wasn't mysterious to you, was it? No, because he had been dealing with the thumb injury for a while. I think that they just – it was a good time for him to, to rest. Fair enough. Yeah. Um, but but so that's what it's going to take, right? If they're going to win – if the Pacers are even going to win a game, it's going to be Paul George putting up 40-plus yeah. and just having an insane game. Yeah, and that would be fun. I mean, listen, for whatever issues I might have with LeBron, and I always love you know, the way he plays and the way he approaches the game – there is something about watching him having to defend, especially like a one-on-one situation, that I like relish. The underdog, I don't know what it is. And so, you know, I would probably, that would be a little bit fun to me to see, like, oh, can Ball George go off again and make him really work or not? Um, I'm, I'm like, that's intriguing to me at the very least. You know what also intrigues me? When I get a new delivery from Blue Apron. They're like the Boston Celtics of fresh ingredient and recipe delivery services. Number one. Just like a good NBA team, you need chemistry. And that's what cooking is, both with the preparation of their fresh, high-quality ingredients and by bringing your family together to cook. I just prepared Parmesan-crusted chicken and it had me using oh-so-tasty fromage blanc. That's right, I'm speaking French. And these meals cost less than 10 bucks per person, delivered right to your door with the exact amount of food pre-measured for you, and you'll never see a repeat recipe for a whole year. Head over to blueapron.com slash coach Nick and you'll get your first three meals absolutely free. Even the shipping is free. It's like Kyrie nailing a three to finish the comeback last year. Only you just need to type in blueapron.com slash coach Nick instead. Much less pressure here, sports fans. So check out our friends over at Blue Apron today and begin a life of culinary fulfillment. Wait, did I leave the oven on? Yeah. Um, so I, I really think it's going to be a sweep. So um, let's go ahead and talk Raptors-Bucks because I actually think that of all the series, this one has probably got the highest upset potential, which Toronto people are going to get mad at me, but this isn't so much a knock against Toronto as it is a like a sort of praise for Giannis Antetokounmpo. Because okay. I think that Giannis, I mean, he just finished – kind of a historic season he, he's like top 20 in points rebounds assists steals and blocks or something it's the first time ever mm-hmm. that someone's done that um the guy is incredible and really can do everything and so now can he will this team to victory i don't know i, I think middleton is super important to them and and he's got to play well and you know they'd have to have everything go right and the raptors would have to have everything go wrong uh but it's not outside the realm of possibility to me that, that this could at least be a six- or seven-game series. 
Oh, um, you know, it's interesting. I, I was going through a little bit of Bucks footage recently, and it's sort of like, I don't know. I don't know if they have enough um, on offense to, uh, to offer, really. Um, and it seems like they run the high post split like every time down. Every play. You know, and, and I like some of the pieces. And I feel like this is a really important uh, uh, moment for the Bucks as far as experience. Like, this is their chance to get some hardened playoff experience for next year. It really sucks, though, that Jabari Parker won't be part of that to get it. Because I think when he comes back, then they actually they have a team. I think they, they have a team that could start to threaten the upper uh, levels of the Eastern Conference. You know, a little thing I just did, I was looking through this, uh, is Thon Maker started the last, like, 30 games, and they won 20 of them. Yeah, but he was only playing, like, 7 to 10 minutes a game. I mean, it, it was... It was a weird token start thing. It was kind of – it was interesting. Yeah. Well, I, it's still – I, I think Don is an important piece for them going forward. Yeah. I mean, you know, it was working, right? Like that's part of the other thing was they, they found something that was working. And so if he can build off of that with confidence, uh, Brogdon can also hit the ground running again because I feel like in the beginning of the year he wasn't getting the kind of run he ended up finishing, right? Am I correct in saying that? Yeah, yeah, you're right. So – you know, this, you know, going into next year, they'll get some good uh, playoff experience and they'll be ready to go. But you're right. I, I, do th- I think that the, um, the kind of defense that they can play in Toronto of the hardened veterans, and they already added two more hardened veterans to their squad in the middle of the year, it's just going to be overwhelming, and they're going to struggle. They'll probably end up being in the 80s and, like, low 90s, I would say, and then really you know, do well. Yeah, I mean, Ibaka was such a huge get to them. And Lowry coming back and looking healthy was very important. As you know, for the last few weeks, it's one of the things that I've pointed to uh, come playoff time. If, if Lowry can come back healthy and they can continue to play defense the way they have since the trade deadline, they could really make some noise in the playoffs. And, and you know, look, we're due for someone to give, to give Cleveland a run. You know, like someone's got to make it tough for them. We've been hoping for it in the West, and I don't even see it this year. And, and and honestly, like we we need one of the teams going to the finals to have a couple of tough series, and I think this might be the year. Uh, for sure, for sure, on both sides, and I think that that's why the Cavaliers, you know, they're looking at the uh, the three six this matchup, knowing that like if it's Toronto, they're going to need as much rest as possible and take care of that first round, um, and that's going to be a really great series. I mean, it's too bad it has to be the semifinals, not the finals, I guess, but. Uh, that will bring, kind of bring us to the 4-5 matchup a little bit, which is the Washington Wizards and the Atlanta Hawks. The Hawks uh, didn't try to win tonight. No. They were, I guess they were not worried that the Bucks could somehow, I don't know, maybe they had the tiebreaker anyway. It must no, they, it was. they were locked into the 5 yeah. seat. Right, yeah. all right. All right, so uh, so they have, they have the, the Wizards that they're going to be uh, on the road to start. Uh, yep. Do we have any hope for the Hawks to win the series? Well, the Wizards... There's one, three, or four this year, um, and uh, yeah, I don't think so. I, I think I think the Wizards, I think they win in five. Um, you know, like these first round series. I mean, the, the Hawks are just not a good basketball team, and the Wizards are good. Right. That's kind of where I stand on this. And so, you know, I say five games, potentially six, if you know Millsap has a game or something like that. Um, but I, I just don't think the Hawks. I mean, look. Before the season, I actually felt like the Hawks should have torn it down and kind of gone into rebuild mode. They somehow became the fifth seed, you know, and and made the playoffs again. Kudos to them. 
Um, I still just don't see how they get out of the first round with this team. And the Wizards are good. I mean, John, you've got John Wall, Bradley Beal, and Otto Porter playing out of their minds this season. And, and I just think that they're going to be tough to beat. Uh, I mean, I agree. There's enough that gives me a little bit of pause for the Wizards um, that I'm not quite sure. I, I'm, I want to make sure I want to remember what happened last year. Um, they Did they make the playoffs last year? They, they did no, not. They, so, no, it was a year before that they made that run. Yeah, and Pierce. that was with Paul Pierce helping out. And so, like, they don't necessarily have that. Ex- they're not like grizzled veterans of the playoffs right now who you know how to perform as well. I mean, I know they, they had injuries when they did play before. So this is new to them, right? And um, that's what I'm wondering is how are they going to, um, you know, how are they going to handle that? Certainly Otto Porter, it's brand new to him, you know, in a, in a role that he has now uh, where they're going to rely on him in the playoff series. So, you know, I don't know. I, I feel like Atlanta might have something to offer. I, I could see this thing going six games. Yeah, I mean, I hope. I'd like to have a first-round series that's, uh, you know, that's competitive. Um I just think that you know I I I'm probably overvaluing the Wizards. I'm just so high on on the Wizards that uh, you know maybe maybe I'm completely overvaluing how good they are. But I I know that tonight you know they could have won 50 games this year. That's that's a pretty good milestone. Um, you know, for instance, Oklahoma City only won what 47? Is that right? 48? Yeah, 47. So and and we're talking about Russ as MVP, um, you know. I mean, maybe maybe uh, we're two or three wins away from people actually talking about John Wall as MVP. Yeah. There so, yeah, they're a good basketball team. I think they play. You know, they play really good defense, and I think Scotty Brooks has done a great job with them. And I, you know, if coaching experience in the playoffs does anything for you, I mean, he, he's been to a finals. So does that That's help true. them? I don't know. Now, and, but before we get a little too excited about their defense, they are ranked 20th in defensive rating. But um, they, they, they have signs. Uh, you know, certainly when Wall is engaged, uh, you know, yeah, you can believe it or not. It, Wall and Beal can be very good defenders, like when they're in it and they're, in it, you know, they're engaged. And that, that's a really good place to start, you know. Um, and so and Gortat has protected the rim and, the, and can do that. So they have the pieces. They just haven't quite put it together consistently. But, um, you know, going forward into that bracket, if we kind of pr- project out after the, the first round, uh, you know, what, what are we going to – we have the Raptors Cavaliers and the Celtics Wizards. I mean, we, this is finally – I don't think we've ever had, you know, a semifinals uh, this exciting uh, in a long time. Yeah, th- that should – both of those series should be competitive. And, you know – I'm pretty sure we're we're destined for a Celtics Cavs Eastern Conference Finals, um, but I really hope we get a couple of seven game series before that because I, I just want to watch these teams go to battle a little bit. So you think that the Celtics are going to beat the Wizards, huh? Yeah, I think they probably will. Home They're court. playing much better basketball right now. Yeah, the home court advantage helps. They're playing much better basketball right now, and. Um, yeah, I mean, I you know, I, I once the playoffs come, you kind of just, I kind of just go with the hot hand. Like, who's playing really well? Yeah, you know, uh, like the Spurs uh, yeah. are making me nervous right now. I mean, not to go back to the West, but the Spurs are making me nervous. They've actually had a, a rough couple of weeks, not necessarily losing a lot of games, but not playing well. Mm-hmm. And come playoff time, you know, everyone's bringing their best. So, 
Memphis is not going to show up and, and mess around on Saturday. <laughs> right. They're going to bring in the grit and the grind. Um, yeah, it's very intriguing all the way through. And I'm excited to find out what's going to happen with this. Uh, and so, what, let's see, the first slate of games, have we gotten that schedule yet for Saturday? What's, who, who was playing first? Uh, I believe it came out. Let's see here. Um, can I get to Saturday? Of course, Saturday is grayed out on the 15th. Oh, wait. No, we do. here we go. Uh, all I see right now is Indiana and Cleveland is the, is the noon game, uh, Pacific time. On ESPN. And then I see Sunday, Chicago, Boston. Obviously, they're missing the Western Conference for some reason. Should be three games. Yeah. Should be four <laughs> games, right? At, at least, right? At least three games, right? I'm going yeah. my NBA uh, app uh, because the Andersons got tickets. <laughs> All right, let's see. Oh, you know what? This is great. The uh, You can't scroll to uh, pass the pass tonight on the uh, on the NBA app. It's really awesome, guys. So, Here we um, go. Here's what? here's the schedule. So weird. Why would you do it like this? Okay. So Saturday we at three Eastern, twelve Pacific. We got Indiana at Cleveland. Um, then at five thirty Eastern, we've got Milwaukee at Toronto. And then at eight Eastern, we've got Memphis at San Antonio. And at ten thirty Eastern, Utah and L.A. So that's Saturday. And so, let's see, Sunday, uh, the early game, Atlanta at Washington at 1 o'clock Eastern. Then Portland at Golden State at 3.30 Eastern, which is weird because that means it's a 12.30 local time start. Um, so, expect Portland and Golden State to start out shooting bricks. Yeah. Um, let's see. And then we've got Chicago at Boston at 6.30 Eastern Sunday night. And the late game is Oklahoma City at Houston. And by the way, very, very impressive being able to put that together in chronological order, considering that on this website that I'm looking at, I think we're both looking at, it is, I don't even understand how they did that. They, they, they listed the Sunday game first. I, I mean, it, I, they did like the conference. It was really weird, but that's all right. I can yeah. look at numbers. Yes, you did well. Even though my Wizards defense take was purely eye test. <laughs> I'm embarrassed a little bit, but that's okay. I'll, well, I'll own know, it. I'm, that's why I'm here to call you out. You know, because it was funny because I wasn't. It didn't sound. It sounded weird, and I figured, you know what? Let's do some fact checking before we get to uh, before the game's over, before the, uh, the podcast is over. Um, and you know what? You're in a van, man. You're in a van down by the river in in, uh, in Seattle. So we'll give you a break. Yeah, yeah. No, I'll own it. It's okay. That's that's a hundred percent the eye test. Yeah. I mean, you know, right. by the way, Look, I, yeah. All right, I, I owe you an MVP conversation. Briefly. Oh yeah, right. Well, you know, I'll see your MVP conversation if you let me sit on the couch or put my head down on the couch for a minute and talk about either Gobert or uh, Russ. Well, like Russ could be the MVP thing because, man, I, you know what my problem is? Is I that I actually I respond to people on Twitter. I think that's my problem. It might be the problem. You know, it might I, be the problem. I try to have like you know a reason. You know, whatever. If you come at me, I'll, I'll come at you hard. But you know. Um, and it kind of makes me bummed out. I, I think I need to lie down on the couch and, uh, and talk about my feelings for a little bit. Yeah, look, Russell Westbrook is probably going to win the MVP award. Correct. But I just can't, I, like, and he's had an amazing season. But this, this feels so much like the year that Alex Rodriguez hit 55 home runs playing for a, a team 
you know, in Texas that won 30 games. And, and it just, listen, he's, he's been amazing. He's been so much fun to watch. His end of game stuff has just been ridiculous. Mm-hmm. And partly because they're not a good team, right? He get, he's getting a lot of end of game opportunities because they're not a good basketball team, even with them getting triple doubles and they're winning a lot, but you know, those, those, those game winners, they, they're less than 50, 50. I mean, he, he's hitting a lot of them, but they're less than 50, 50. So, um, there's a little bit of weirdness in the numbers there too. Uh, I just, I, I just find it hard to believe that there isn't more momentum behind Kawhi Leonard, you know, on a team that's won 61 or whatever, however many games they're going to win, you know, when tonight's over, um, for him, for him to do what he does at both ends of the floor, both ends of the floor, I, I just think it's it's kind of I don't know it's kind of sad that he's not, you know, more in the mainstream conversation because we're it's clouded by the triple double. Well, I'm going to throw this out there because it's a the argument tends to be that Russ doesn't have any good teammates, and so it's harder for him to do this, and that's so it's even more amazing. We should give him an extra credit for that. Well, yeah. it, it kind of isn't fair. Why does Kawhi get penalized then for having a good GM or whatever? But you know what? If you look at the team, if you really look at the Spurs, they don't really have a good team either. No. No. You know, like Lamarcus well, Aldridge is a, is a, is good, is a former All Star, but he's not like even his All Star place, right? He, you know, he's yeah. seventeen and seven. Does you know, and, and he's been playing decent defense. So I want to give him credit for that. But like Paul Gasol, you know, scores a little bit, but he's terrible on defense. Tony Parker is a corpse. Patty Mills, I love. I love Patty Mills, but he's not a starter necessarily on a lot of teams. Uh, Manu is, is half of a corpse. Danny Green is, you know, no one's hey. screaming about him. David Lee, well, no one's screaming at him. It's not a great team. All right, so I have a rebuttal to the Russ doesn't have any good teammates thing, right? The yeah. same people that will say that will also say Ennis Cantor should be sixth man of the year. Victor Oladipo should be most improved. Um Andre Robertson, uh, yeah, defensive player. Right. All defensive first team. Uh, Billy Donovan should be coach of the year. So <laughs> you can't have it both ways. You can't have it that these guys are all fantastic and also Russ doesn't have any help. And, I, and also remember the narrative coming out of last year's playoffs was, man, the Thunder are really deep. Remember right. that? Like, no, they're really okay. deep. And, and so they lose KD. Um, they make the Ibaka trade and actually, to me, get a little bit deeper. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, yeah. It was a nice pickup to get uh, Sabonis. So, you know, it, here's my take on it. Whether or not, like, you, you can't really look at it as individuals having this or that. This team around Russ is almost like perfectly built around him to have what they need. And again, that's why it really shouldn't be surprising that they did win as many games as they did, and even though everyone probably was surprised. I think they thought it was going to go down to, you know, very 500-ish and, uh, and, and you know, maybe squeak in. But I thought they missed the playoffs. You know, I, I, I was very adamant. I, I really didn't see a path to the playoffs. I had them pegged in around 40 wins. Yeah, and, and I think most people did. So, you know, I, I, think there, I think this team, as it functions around a guy whose mindset is insane – this is what you, this is who you want. Like this is the best version you're going to get of Russ, basically. Like this, you know, you probably get the a, a lesser version of Russ with KD, and obviously, but they did better. They won better. But so so anyway, it's a weird thing where like if he had a better team, then he wouldn't be getting triple doubles. Right. 
And then suddenly, is he not in the conversation for MVP then? Not if they win 48 games. Ah. Triple doubles are the only reason why you think he should be MVP. I I just, I I can't, like, there's nothing we can talk about, right? Like, there's no common ground for us. Um, You know, the triple doubles are fantastic. And, I mean, he's averaging, what, 32 points a game, Mm -hmm. over 10 assists, over 10 rebounds. Like, those those numbers are great. I don't really care as much about those rebounds, but, um, you know, whatever. Like, the 32 and 10 is, is pretty damn good no matter what. But, you know, like, we've seen guys score 30 a game and not, not be in the MVP conversation. I mean, DeMar DeRozan is scoring, what, 27 a game? Yeah. I mean, it's, it's like, a, only a couple points behind. Team's got a better record. Nobody's talking about him. I, like, so, I, I just, if the triple-double is your only argument, I just don't – I don't get it. Like, I'm sorry. I'd rather have those 14 extra wins that Kawhi has led the Spurs to than the 42 triple-doubles. Uh, yeah, and, and I don't want to take anything away from the triple-doubles because, again, they are amazing that what he's doing, and every night he brings it. But I, I think my point would ultimately be, you know, the whining and complaining about how bad his team is um, – a, it's just not fair. The other players, they, they don't have a choice. They play on the team they play on, and, they, and they're doing what they can do on their teams. But the B, the Spurs team, I don't think is, is, is that great. I think it's, it's, it's you know, the culture they've installed and the way they execute their, their uh, philosophy on both sides of the ball. And then the, the singular talents of Kawhi Leonard, I think, again. And so I did the video today, which everyone should watch, why Kawhi Leonard is the MVP. Although, don't get your, your knickers in a bunch because – Every, I'm going to have why Russell Westbrook is MVP, and I'm going to have why James Harden is MVP. Everyone what gets about, a trophy. What? Are you going to do a Steph Curry for MVP? It, well, I mean, I, I think I, was, I should probably have to do a LeBron one first before I do Steph, and I wasn't going to do LeBron because they kind of crapped the bed at the end of the year, and, and his defense has been so bad. So, um, I, you know, you know what I wanted to do, and this is going to be interesting, is I wanted to do a video that showed that Steph Curry's year last year was better than Russ's year this year. Um, yeah. No, last year, last year was the the most impressive. It was the most impressive offensive season in history. Okay, that's what I meant. All right, so either way. So that's – by the way, the other one was pretty damn good, but still you're right. 30 points on 50, 45, 91, uh, almost seven assists, you know, two over two steals a game. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, you could argue that that was a better year. Yeah. I – Easily argue. So, you know, and by the way, you know, it, 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 how much better, but he got the MVP, so Russ could get the MVP. Again, again let's make it clear. Russ, Russ should win the MVP. Harden should win the MVP. And Kawhi should win the MVP. Uh, I just want to make sure that we're all arguing the right things. Right. Exactly. And that's what's frustrating. And that's why I am uh, having, you know, I, I need a break for a couple of days. Thank God that we have a break before the playoffs start. Um and uh, and Rudy Gobert, you know, he doesn't have great hands. I'm sorry, Jazz fans. He he, they're better, but they're not great. They're not really yeah, we're good. Just, we're just getting all this stuff off of our chest, off of my chest. But anyway, we have a few minutes. So, um, well, I mean, I think we covered the Eastern Conference, and I think we all are gravitating toward the West. No matter what we do, we can't get away from the tractor beam. Um, is there anything else we got to go over on the East uh, that we think? I mean, you know, Cleveland's going to make it out, right? Or we don't know. I don't know. I mean, I think if Cleveland, if the if the defense, if the defensive problems 
are effort based and they're going to crank it up in the playoffs, well then yeah, then they're probably going to sweep all the way through. Wow. Okay. So. Um, yeah, but I, mean, I don't think think they're real. Yeah, I mean, I guess you know. Then, then you know, are we going to sleep on the on the uh, on the Raptors? Yeah, I mean, I, I think the Raptors are are going to give them trouble in that second round. Yeah, you know, I mean, that's why they, they can't afford to screw around in the first round. The Cavaliers can't. Right. They need they need to win in four, uh, so that they can rest and, and be ready to to throw everything they've got at the Raptors. Right. Well, I'll be keeping our eye on it. And then what are we going to do? We'll be doing lots of live coverage. We have to get organized with that and figure out how we're going to do it. But I suppose we'll be all over the periscopes. Yeah, we're definitely doing Saturday and Sunday night. Yes, uh, I will be around uh, now. So um, we'll make that happen. And uh, what else we got going on? I, yeah, I'll have my MVP videos coming out and uh, we'll have even more podcasts. We're moving to a three podcast a week format starting next week so dave and i will be doing two of them uh, each week at least which and is hopefully exciting. with hopefully with guests um with guests do you want to do uh you want to bring other guests into our two-man little cave yeah i think i think it's a good idea got to mix it up for the playoffs make it make things a little bit more difficult increase our effort um quit quit uh lollygagging on defense right and and, and keep it fresh that's right <laughs> because you know we don't want it to get stale so absolutely we'll be doing a lot of that stuff and uh and more so keep your hats on and we'll be doing a lot of live stuff to the youtube channel as well so if that's where you're subscribing not periscope then don't worry we'll be doing it there i don't want to flood the timeline over there but we'll definitely have uh you know we'll pick and choose our spots to do live broadcasting there so uh i don't know dave i think we got it we covered it i think so um i'm really excited i'm so pumped that we now have meaningful games <laughs> Yeah, it's been a little bit of a weird rut the last month, so we're going to make it happen. This was a meaningful podcast as well. And uh, don't forget, sports fans, at B-Ball Breakdown, not a channel, we're a conversation. You in? Are you in, Dave? Yes, I am. <laughs>